0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the business and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode we're going to talk to AAEP Director of Education Karen Pouts MS about finding time to learn. I'm your host Kim Brown editor of Equimanagement. Management. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you in 2023 by Care Credit. Karen joined the AAEP as the Director of Education in June of 2019. Prior to that she served nearly 21 years at William Woods University. She was the program manager, School of Equestrian Studies' online master's degree in equestrian education for nearly seven years after serving as an assistant professor in the School of Equestrian Studies since August of 2002. For nearly 10 years prior to that, she was the new media design director at The Blood Horse. Karen earned her master's degree in teaching and technology at William Woods, where she had obtained her B.A., she also attended the University of Missouri-Columbia School of Journalism for two years prior to starting at the Blood Horse. Welcome to the podcast, Karen. Hey, Kim. Happy to be here. Well, we all know that the sustainability of equine veterinary practice is the top priority of the AAP. Yes. And we want to make sure that equine veterinarians feel like they have time to learn. And everyone is so busy right now. So we want to talk a little bit about um, the options that veterinarians have to find education, whether it's for the CE that they need or whether it's just on a topic that they really just are interested in. So let's start, Karen, and talk a little bit about CE because that's required of all vets. So what can veterinarians do when they're looking for CE?
1: Well, my first overarching recommendation would be to make sure you know your state's licensing requirements, because they're all different. And um, I think too many people just have an idea that there's one way to get CE, and that's not right. (laughs) There's a whole lot of different ways to get CE. And then, of course, um, when we talk about learning, um, yes, everybody has to get CE, but we hope also that people want to learn just for learning's sake. And the ideal thing is to uh, do both at once uh, to make sure that You know, the CE that we offer is very valuable to our members immediately, but also, you know, it's just cool to learn. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about CE.
0: And I think a lot of veterinarians might not realize, and some of this was due to the pandemic, and some of it is just out there and and maybe just isn't understood, that there are a lot
1: of ways to get CE. Can you talk about a few of them? There are very much a lot of ways to get CE. And um, you probably can't, <laughs> I can't, as Director of Education at AAEP, list every single requirement or mode of learning that each state offers because they are so different. I would recommend that if you're a member of AVMA to go to their website and search continuing education and you'll find this big chart of each state and their CE requirements. Now When I looked at that chart yesterday, it said that it had been updated in March of 2021. And so lots of things have changed since then. Yeah. So again, it's really important that you go to your state licensing board site, hope that they keep it updated, and work your way through all the legalese terminology to figure out what exactly is required. But for some states, just reading a scholarly article and being able to document that you've read it is good enough for CE. Wow! Um, yeah. And, or writing that scholarly article, or attending a seminar, uh, whether or not the the producers of that seminar say that it's. Uh, eligible for CE, your state might accept it. Now, the trick is just to make sure that you document everything. And I'll take a moment (laughs) to remind everybody, learn how to keep track of this stuff, have an organized uh, file on your computer. And um, a lot of places that offer CE will email you a CE certificate Learn to download those and keep them (laughs) (laughs) because uh, whoever uh, gives you the CE should also be keeping good records and have your information available. But technology changes so much and the platform that you uh, earn your CE on might not be around in a year. Ah. So save your stuff. Save, save, save.
0: Good tip. And that's that's really interesting. And I know at one point you you were a teacher, and you said that sometimes if vets are going out and doing some instructing, like they go to a, a local vet school and and teach class or something like that. I mean, even things like that, depending on your state, can yes. count as CE.
1: Yes. And again, it's it's just all across the board with states. Uh, So you really need to have an idea of your state or your province or your nation uh, for those of us who aren't in the the U.S. Um, And, you know, if you're not sure, call them. That's a good, good point. Because some
0: of those sites can be a little hard to navigate. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, very much. I was going through a bunch of states' uh, websites yesterday to prepare for this discussion. And a lot of the states, the only way you're going to find the specific items that they'll allow for CE is to go to their FAQ. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so you might have to dig, um, but it's worth it because you'll be surprised, I think, about all of the stuff that's available. And um, most CE providers these days in the U.S. will make their offerings race-approved race, which is the Registry of Approved Continuing Education, which is organized by the AAVSB, which is the uh, American Association of Veterinary State Boards, anything that's race approved is almost by default approved by your state, almost by default. Um, But Uh, I think a lot of vets think that the only CE they can earn is the race-approved stuff. And again, that's not necessarily the case. So you may have more options available to you than you realize. Well, and speaking of options, I mean, we we started
0: this podcast talking about how busy vets are. And if you have to have your CE, a lot of people are turning to online CE and on-demand. And, Yay. yeah, I mean, you're your master's within online education. <laughs> right. So you've, you've studied this, not just doing it. And it's interesting, of course, since COVID, there were a lot of changes in regulations because nobody was meeting in person to be able to get their CE. So let's talk a b- little bit about the on demand for the digital, the, you know. You you do a lot of these through AAP. There are a lot of different organizations and groups that have on-demand. Even some companies offer on-demand that have race-approved CE. Yes. So how do you go about finding them, picking them, getting something you want? I mean, there's, there is a lot out there. And I believe, as you said, um, when we were talking in prep for this, Again, keep up with your state because some of them are reverting back and requiring more live now, hands on than on demand. But let's start with on demand. So, how do you find it? How do you know it's going to be good? What are you getting out of it?
1: Well, there's not a large clearinghouse of lists of CE. Um, Actually, if you go to AASVB, um, or I always say that wrong, AAVSB. Um, they do have a list of race-approved stuff, but it includes small animals as well. And very often, race approval doesn't occur until almost after the the activity takes place. So uh, you have to be a little good at tracking stuff like this down. Now, of course, You know, I work for AAEP, we do CE. So go to AAEP and look at our (laughs) CE calendar and you'll get lots of stuff. Um, Most, maybe I shouldn't say most, but many states do their own CE. Uh, Certainly any of the state or regional or national convention type things are going to be good for getting your CE. Uh, We have a lot of members who go to our annual convention and get all the CE they need for their two years. Most states are on a two-year schedule. Some states are on a three-year. But, yeah, so there is still a lot of looking around that you have to do. So how do, how can you tell if I get on
0: and I of course you you got to figure it out. I'm going to give you a little kudos here because Karen's CE is really good, and it's always fun as well as educational. She has great uh, presenters, and they they prep so that nobody's stumbling around trying to figure out how to work the technology. And Karen is great on the technology and can you know fix things. And that's not always true on some of the CE I've
1: been attending. <laughs> Oh,
0: shucks. (laughs) The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Care Credit. Care Credit keeps equine veterinarians at the heart of care by providing horse owners with simple, budget friendly financing options. By bridging the gap between cost and care, Care Credit supports healthy financial relationships between veterinarians and their clients. It can help them move forward with care a horse needs whenever and wherever it's needed. And then you mentioned the uh, the the conventions. A lot of the conventions still offer a portion of their live programs as on demand. So if there's yep. a California, Florida, Kentucky, if there's something going on in a V, whatever that's going on that you want to attend certain sessions, you can check to see if those are on demand.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: But then again, after attending last year's live AAP convention, man, everybody was saying there's just nothing like getting back to being able to talk to people.
1: Well, uh, and as much as I adore online education, that is my expertise. I'm a big fan of the computer and not a big fan of large groups of people, to be honest. But... um. Uh, The veterinary profession uh, involves a lot of practical hands-on skills, and we haven't yet developed a really good way to teach hands-on skills through the internet. So, yeah, um, we are at the AAEP, we are really focusing our face-to-face events on the hands-on skills. Uh, I am not a big fan of sitting in a darkened hotel conference room and watching <laughs> PowerPoint presentations. I mean, they they are good for some things, but not good for learning how to do things hands-on. So you're going to find that our uh, face-to-face education involves a lot more hands-on stuff. You can do the lecture portion beforehand online, yeah. and then you come to the a program, and you're really just literally getting your hands dirty. Yeah. That's and, great. Uh, Kim, you had mentioned it. Yeah, during COVID, pretty much every state said, we don't care. You can get all of your education online. Um, before COVID, uh, most states required a certain number of face-to-face hands-on credit hours. And of course, that went out the window with COVID, but I anticipate a lot of reverting to that uh, requirements that not everything can be online. But again, I was looking through a lot of state requirements yesterday, and most of them still say you could earn all of your CE credit online.
0: Wow, okay.
1: Don't. Go out and get hands-on education. You, You need that
0: yeah, and that's uh, again, being at the AP convention last year, everybody was so excited to be back where you could have the conversations in the hall and catch up with people and, you know, get to to talk about your cases maybe with somebody that you've met there. So it was really good. So, okay. And another thing we want to talk about c e and talking about live is there are many places, including the AP, that offer, live CE in a vacation-type resort setting. So you can kill two birds with one stone, as the case may be.
1: Yeah, those are great because usually the learning takes place on half the day and the resort activities take place on the other half. And, you know, that's hard to beat. Yeah. And there's a lot. I mean, A AP has
0: got their resort symposium usually held in January in some warm climate that is lovely. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to go, by the way, if anyone, you know, is, is interested in me carrying your suitcase, happy to go to those. Those are great. And they have great education. And it's a, a nice small learning experience with really good presenters. So I would if you haven't ever tried the resort symposium, check into it. Um, but I mean there's there's places that you can go on cruises and have um, veterinary CE. There's all kinds of places you can get this. So just be open to, okay, if you if you know that you need the CE and you know you need a little time off, maybe you can combine those two. But and here we are, we're doing a podcast right now and you do webinars at AP. Yes. yes. So let's talk a little bit about those and how you can use them maybe even on in your truck, even a webinar.
1: Well, yeah, that's the thing. I, our vets spend so much time in the truck. And these days, I would say a big majority of their time in the truck has some sort of internet connection, whether it's by the phone or Wi-Fi. And why not use that time to listen to podcasts? Uh, we do a podcast. Kim has tons of podcasts. Um, you can subscribe to those podcasts with uh, various aggregators. Uh, Apple does a—I don't even remember the name of it. Kim, help me out. Oh, there's there's so Is it just many. Just Apple. I, I mean, yeah, yeah the, the name of it, but yeah, Stitcher and yeah, Google and there you go. Yeah, there's all kinds of aggregators yeah. for those, which will send you notification that a new podcast is available. Um, But it doesn't just have to be podcasts that you listen to in the truck. You could listen to a webinar. Even if the webinar has a video portion, you can still just listen to it. You can turn off the video part and listen to it. And I do that sometimes. I'll listen to a video in the car. I I would point out that I'm not going to uh, watch it, but I'll listen to it, and then if I think it warrants it, I'll go back and watch it later. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of our webinars, uh, at least the AAEP when we do our virtual Wednesday roundtables, those are mostly conversation. They don't have a whole lot of uh, important uh, like PowerPoint slides that you have to look at. So there's a lot of them that are great as as webinars and in fact I'll post just the audio of it. So, yeah, there use that time in your truck to listen up.
0: Yeah, and that's great. And and again, whether it's for CE or not for CE, you know when you're you're looking for specific areas of interest, you can read articles. Um I mean pretty much non-CE is all the same as what we've already talked about you yes. find find the topic you're interested in and you know if it doesn't matter if you need the CE or not so it's it's great and of course Again, AAP, Equimanagement, AVMA, there's a lot of groups that offer different things that you can get. Some people like to, they they feel like they learn better if they're reading. Some people feel like they learn better if they're listening. Some people want to watch more. Some people need the hands-on. So maybe a nice combination of learning so that it you feel like you've uh, gotten all your senses involved.
1: That was lovely. That's exactly the way. Differentiated learning. Good job, Kim. Oh, there we go. Hey, we pointed in phrase. I like terms. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was hoping to slip in intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation somewhere along the discussion. Okay, well, if so, you're going to use those, you, you have go. to explain them, okay? <laughs> extrinsic motivation is having an exterior motivator like CE, in order to learn. Intrinsic is just you want to learn it because you want to learn it. And I hope that uh, most CE offerings, uh, either from AEP or anywhere else, are also clicking that intrinsic motivation. I want to learn this stuff. Yeah. The heck with CE credits.
0: And is there anything else that you would like to say to our listeners, whether they're vets, students, techs, about learning?
1: Uh, You know, working with the AAP after having worked in college uh, situations for a long time, without saying, without meaning to demean any college students, working with veterinarians is like working with all the honors students. (laughs) It is so fun because they're all overachievers and very smart. Um, If there's something you want to learn, reach out. Someone will be there to help you with it. And reaching out is easier and easier nowadays with the internet and with webinars and Zoom and other meetings. Um, It's a helpful group and they want to share their knowledge. It's just so cool.
0: Yeah. And we have, I have really enjoyed, you know, we do, I do a a business and a health podcast and we're on the business podcast today. So make sure you go back and listen to some of the previous ones. and. I just want to thank you, Karen, for joining us today. It was it was a great fun talking to you. And I, I hope the vets out there and the students and the techs all kind of get reinvigorated, maybe want to go try something new for their learning. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners today for joining us on the Business of Practice. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Care Credit, for just giving us the opportunity to have these conversations.
1: Well, and, and like, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not going to let you cut me off quite yet. Okay, Uh, jump right in. (laughs) Uh, In your um, webpage that includes the podcast, stick my email address in there. So if people want to reach out to me about learning opportunities or if they have good ideas, um, let me know. We have a couple different things in the work. We've started uh, and we're just barely starting a library of short videos we're calling micro learning videos, that um, we hope uh, that our members will use as a way to brush up on a particular technique, maybe before they have to go out and do it on the farm. Right now, you have to have an internet connection to get those videos, but as technology improves, I think those will be easier and easier to to access. But yeah, give me a holler if you have any questions.
0: Okay, well, for all of our listeners, you can go to equimanagement.com and we have a short article for every podcast. And of course, the podcast player there, or you can get them on your favorite podcast network. And we'll make sure to include Karen's email uh, on that article page on equimanagement.com And that way you can just send her a direct link. Or, of course, you can always go to aaep.org and you can find her contact information there. Yeah, and. If you have any questions or suggestions for this podcast or for aqua management or for Karen and I'd be happy to pass the the word along you can send an email to me at kbrown that's the letter k brown at equinenetwork.com. thanks so much for listening today